Hello everyone and welcome to another episode in the Shared Ireland podcast series. Today is Friday the 3rd of July so we will hopefully be releasing this podcast on in a few days time. So this is um, a little bit of a special podcast here. Um, we are speaking to I'm going to refer to him as an old friend of Shared Ireland's. The reason why I say that is because we previously done a podcast with this gentleman last year. And the reason why he is on today because of recent events. So he's a farmer from Market Hill, County Armagh. He was president of the Ulster Farmers Union from 2014 to 2016. In 2017, he was appointed business development manager in the Institute for Global Food Security at Queen's University in Belfast. In 2018, he became the first unionist elected to Senate Erin. However, under this new administration, um, he has basically lost that seat by our new Taoiseach, Michal Martin. So it gives uh, Shared Ireland great pleasure to welcome back former Senator, Mr. Ian Marshall. How are you doing, Ian? Hi, Dad. Good to talk to you. Ian, as I said in my um, introduction there, um, this was a conversation that I certainly hoped I would never be having with you, um, asking you how you felt about losing your seat in Senate Iron. Um, what type of message, Ian, to put it bluntly, do you think that sends out to you, but more importantly, the unionist community? I think now the weekend is event sent out a very, very bad message. The optics are not good around it. I think that it sends out a message to Northern Ireland. And I suppose because of my background and, and the community that I come from, to the wider unionist community in Northern Ireland, and everyone, sends out a pretty negative message that I think Northern Ireland doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose, you know, just being honest about it, you can't blame people for thinking that, can you? No, you certainly can't. And I think what, what really astounded me at the weekend after I learned that I wasn't being renominated, the fact that uh, my phone, my emails and everything went crazy. And that, that wasn't just concerns expressed from Northern Ireland from people that I've met you with or worked with. It was actually the broad, broad house of unionists get that in i'm just casting my mind back to when you and i spoke last year and i remember i asked you a question was did you get any um you know feedback from the unionist community when you first took up this position and you truthfully told me that yes you did get a little bit of criticism from within your own community and and i can understand that and i suppose you know there was a lot of people you know afraid that this was just a token gesture on behalf of Leo Varadkar at the time. Um, but listen, it pains me to say this, but it's nearly proven that them people that they were possibly right. Yeah, that, that, that is true. There were critics or cynics that said this is just tokenism. And I suppose the weekend event has given suffer to that argument. It has supported that, that rationale and that argument. And I think 
like that that for me is disappointing because what I actually found in the two years was Leicester House in Dublin was not a cold house for unionism. Yeah. It certainly was a positive conversation and as I say we achieved a lot and it, it, it's, a, it's a huge disappointment now for apparently my role in that work has been just ground to a halt or at least interrupted them and say maybe they're Maybe they have other plans, but at the moment, from my perspective, it, it is disappointing. What, what sort of feedback, Ian, um, did you get from your ex-colleagues in the Senate since they have heard about this new news? Well, I suppose that the, the reaction from my, my former colleagues, and remember I sat in a group of 10 independent senators, yes. was complete disgust. They were appalled and disgusted that I, I hadn't been nominated. Interestingly, from the wider uh, TDs and senators across the building, the vast majority of those people are shocked mm-hmm. because there was a there was a general consensus, and the recommendation had come out to indicate that there was an agreed candidate. Yes, already agreed candidate would be a representation from Northern Ireland. And that wasn't to say it was me, but the fact was there was a, an, an agreement that that there was a, an agreed candidate that was from, from Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when when we last spoke in again, I'm sorry to keep referring back to when we last spoke, but there's a few things you said, and and they made they made perfect sense to me. You said that it was a huge privilege and honour to be originally asked, and you know I I can understand that, and and as you said to me, you followed in the footsteps of some brilliant people, like wasn't it um, independent senator Gordon Wilson. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I suppose you as an individual, as a human being, Ian, how do you feel that you were treated treated here? Never. Now, I'm not talking about being an independent. I'm not talking coming from a unionist background. Just as a human being, as Ian Marshall, uh, like how did you find out about this? I'm I'm assuming that they contacted you prior to it, um, you know, just out of respect. I'm assuming that um, all the boxes were ticked in that regard. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners, Ian, just, you know, how was the news broke to you? Well, it's quite interesting, now because on Saturday, the doll stopped in the Dublin Convention Centre because of the COVID restrictions. Yes. And I was actually following proceedings from half 10 in the morning because, as I say, all the indications were that the, the nomination for someone from the north was in the mix. I watched right through and followed proceedings until after 8. And it was after 8 o'clock that I, my phone beeped that there was a, a Twitter post by Hugh O'Connell. Uh-huh. And the Twitter post was revealing the list of uh, Taoiseach nominees. Yes. And I looked at the list and I thought, well, I'm not on that list. It must be a speculative list made mm-hmm. by the journalist. But it wasn't. So, oh, that was the list. So the first time I learned of, of not being renominated, was by way of a, a tweet on, on social media. So that was hugely disappointing. Actually being truthful, it was very insulting after what we've been through. But, but Ian, I'm assuming since this, that obviously, if not the Taoiseach himself, but um, members of his staff have been in contact with you, yes? No, well, actually, the interesting thing about Niall is as we sit here today on Friday, still no one has been in any contact. Stop uh, it. I was back in Leinster House actually clearing out my office the other day. I spoke to a lot of TDs and senators and colleagues and good friends. Uh, but as yet there's been no official communication with me regarding this at all. 
Ian, uh, sorry for for sounding possibly rude here, but you are joking that nobody has officially contacted you as the only Northern Unionist representative in the Senate to say anything to you. No, 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 no one has contacted me, and, and I suppose it's, it's important to state that I was, because I was, I was disappointed, I was shocked, I was concerned about what the, the optic of this would be, so I penned a letter to the three leaders of the coalition, and they had that letter in their inbox on Monday morning, uh-huh. so I suppose as we sit here on Friday, I'm, I'm still disappointed that there's been no reaction, at least any sort of engagement give the rationale or maybe just say look we have a plan we have another plan you're not in the shannon but we want to do a b or c but at the moment there's been zero communication and that is disappointing and I, I, I genuinely find that just, uh, well, unbelievable, just as the only word that springs to mind. I, I find it so insulting from, from a human level, never minding, you know, the, the optics and the message that that possibly and, and certainly does send out to the wider unionist community throughout all parts of this island, but particularly um, the unionists here in the north. I, I find that uh, astonishing. I genuinely do. It's been a long time since, since, since you know, I, I had to pinch myself one of them moments, you know. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Ian, I would just like to move on to, under this new coalition government, uh, led currently by Taoiseach Michael Martin, Fine Gael, and then obviously uh, two partners, uh, Fianna, or, or sorry, Michael Martin, Fianna Fáil, and Fine Gael and the Green Party. They have proposed this new shared island department. Um, a shared island, from my point of view, the platform we're currently speaking on is called Shared Ireland. So it's, it's much similar, I would like to think, our views here. Um, our view of a shared Ireland is an Ireland for, that makes room for all traditions, um, all religious, um, traditions as well and all views and opinions are irrelevant but this new department that they're hoping to open up shared island again you know this sends out a very clear message for me that there's nothing shared about it at all what's your views on that yeah you, you're exactly right Nell. That, that is referred to in the program for government this new unit within the department of the shot for, for shared island and, and I thought when I read that, you know, that that's good, that was because what we do need to do, remember when I first went to the Shannon three years ago, my, 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 my two important things for being there were one was about opening doors and opening minds. Yeah. That was the first thing, because that was hugely important to, to get communication and get interaction and understanding, because there's a serious lack of understanding north, north to south and south to north. And as well as that, it was about uniting people. Yes. Because if we unite people, then everything else becomes much less potential. Yes. So in my read, in my initial view of it, yep, a shared island, a department or a unit for a shared island, makes perfect sense. I suppose it's not a good start to remove the one voice of unionism that was in that kind of debate from the chamber. Uh, but it's disappointing because I think want to be serious about a shared island then it must be completely inclusive and it must be talking to everybody, even those people who don't share your perspective or your opinion. Yeah. I think that's good as I say it. I think it's a positive move, but I, I wonder now, just in light of current events, is it sincere, is it genuine, is it meaningful, and, and can it make a difference? 
Yeah. Um, I, I quoted recently Alex Cain, the Ulster um, or the, the Unionist political commentator. He wrote a piece in, and um, apologies if you haven't read it, but um, uh, maybe about three weeks, a month ago, and he said in it that talk of, you know, a border poll, a New Ireland, call it whatever you want in the future. He says nationalists and Republicans talking about, you know, the possibility of um, having the 12th of July as a national holiday, possible changes to the to the national flag, talking about maybe changing the, the anthem if there was going to be a new island. He said that these things can come across from Republicans as tokenism to unionism. And um, it, it got me thinking, you know, that I, as somebody who wants to see a new Ireland um, and a new island, you know, these things aren't tokenism from, from my point of view. But it got me thinking about what do I need to do as, as a nationalist to try and persuade people from the unionist community to come along with me on this journey and be reassured that I and others are sincere and genuine when we do say shared Ireland. You know, so again, I suppose I'm linking this back to the message that this um, has sent out to your community is that I probably now cannot blame sections of your community to think, there you go, they, they throwed out a token gesture to Ian and their true colours now have eventually shown again. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that you're, you're right. I certainly think that that optic has been damaged by, by these events. I think it's interesting, and I think you're right. Your, your word to persuade is, is an important word, because I think when you talk with this subject, historically, nervousness from unionism has centered around the fact that if you're going to talk about Irish unity as the one only outcome, then political unionism will not engage in that conversation. That's right. However, you create a safe space where, from a union's perspective, you can consider the status quo, Northern Ireland position within part of the UK and on, on part of this island. Mm-hmm. And from a Republican perspective, you can talk about Irish unity, uniting the island and, 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 the, and the shift. But it's not, not positive, not progress. And I think that the, the messaging at the moment is that that's not the case. So I think it is going to leave, back to political unionism, in Northern Ireland in a, in a nervous position at the moment. They're not going to be rushing to engage. But I think that you're right that if you talk persuasion, conversation, discussion in a, in a forum where, where it's a safe forum, then I think the island conversation or platform is certainly a useful mechanism. Mm-hmm. Ian, I think it's just important to point out here for anybody that isn't maybe entirely familiar with how you first arrived in the Senate is that you did not seek this position. It was possibly one of the last things on your mind. Um, so for the benefit of anybody that doesn't know, could you maybe just explain, you were approached and you were asked and I suppose you were, people were trying to convince you that this was the right thing to do initially. So by no means are, were you ever trying to I suppose, pursue a career in politics. And um, would you mind just fleshing that out a little bit, Ian? Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. Now, this was something that was a curveball completely out of the blue that I had never anticipated. And it was a request of the Taoiseach uh, to actually run in a Shannon by-election. Yes. By-election, 
came about because of health issues in a senator that had to stand down so a vacancy had arisen. Yeah. The t-shirt asked me I, when I wrote, I went up and I met him in his office. I had a conversation because remember, being a northern unionist, living and working all my life in South Africa, I do very little bit in politics. Mm-hmm. The joke that I always make is I had to Google where Leinster House was. Yes. I didn't even know where Leinster House was. Yeah. I was assured that, that there was nothing sinister, that, that this was pure simply, in his own words, to bring a different perspective, to bring a unionist perspective to that debate. And, and when you're speaking here about the, the Taoiseach at the time, that was Leo Varadkar. Varadkar, yeah. Yes. That was, that was, that was what he said. He said there was, there was no hidden agenda. This was about a different perspective on a conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went up to that uh, by-election. I spent a number of weeks up in Dublin, Manchester House, meeting TDs and senators, introducing myself. Because remember, now this was completely alien to me yes. and completely new. Of course. And I was I was pleasantly surprised because I met a lot of very good people, a lot of very sincere people. Uh, when we ran the election, I was pleasantly surprised to, to be elected in that um, uh, take up seat, which for me was a huge honour to be the first unionist ever elected to that upper house. Yeah, yeah. Ian, what do you believe? Now, I, I know most people um, with their modesty don't like talking about their achievements in life, but I'm asking you here, so you're, you're not promoting yourself here. What do you believe you brought to your role as a senator over this past couple of years? And I suppose the follow-on question that is an obvious one. What have you still to achieve if you were still a senator? Mm-hmm. Because there's a nervousness to engage with Dublin. There's a nervousness, nervousness by Northern Unionism about Dublin trying to reclaim the fourth green field and Irish unity and all of those things. And I was always led to believe that this was a very cold house for unionism. Yes. So I felt there was a bit of leadership needed here. I felt that someone needed to, to effectively take a leap of faith and go and see and see if we do anything. Because I've always believed that it's, this is about breaking down the barriers, mm-hmm. uniting people, and, and, and trying to build a future, a shared future. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not, not what this was about. Uh, the two years have demonstrated to me that very often, even though you have your formal forms and your formal platforms to engage, a lot of the work can be done because I was in, in Dublin three days a week, living and working amongst people understanding their values and them to understand mine, mm-hmm. building those networks and building those relationships. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what this was about. It was about building the network, the relationships, bringing people together who might not normally come together to have a conversation and to understand each other. Yes. And I think that's the, that's the, the disappointment now that when we had achieved so much in that two-year period. And uh, remember, in that two-year period now, we've got... We've got Included in the decade new approach document. Yes. We have businesses working together, we have tourism working to, together, cooperation between the universities. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things we've achieved in that very, very short period of time. Of so course. For me, it was about showing some leadership, comfort in my own identity. Yeah. Because in no way did I ever undermine my unionism. No. My co union position by being in Dublin. In fact, we think I've strengthened it. 
Yes. Uh, and what I find is that, like, I keep going back to this, that there's a lot of people in Northern Ireland who are very, very comfortable in their identity. And in no way will undermine that by engaging in a conversation and having a discussion about building a better future for the next generation together, mm-hmm. whether that's in business, in education, in health, in tourism, whatever. There's certainly, there's certainly mileage in working together, cooperating together across the island and between this island and the neighbouring island. So that, that fact of north, south, east, west, interdependence, is the thing for me that's incredibly important. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Speaking as somebody who lives in the north of Ireland myself, Ian, obviously, you know, I want to see representation from people um, close and around me here um, in the, the Dublin uh, government. Now, currently, we have obviously got um, Niall O'Donoghue, Sinn Féin, and recently appointed Alicia McCallion. But for me, you know, as a, as a northern nationalist, um, you know, I already feel as if that my message is being looked after there anyway, even without their two voices. But what I want to ensure is your voice is there. Somebody from my neighbour's point of view, somebody who, you know, from a unionist point of view, and, and I, I, I'm like a broken record here, I appreciate that. But this is the most disappointing thing for me. While Niall and Alicia and others will obviously speak up for the, the people that they feel as if they represent. But like, you know, you were the only person speaking up um, for for your community's voice and and to to basically just say thanks but no thanks not even communicate with you you heard the message yourself via twitter um like it's it's the more i think about this the more the more upset i become for you and your community and i don't mean that as me trying to just say the right thing i genuinely mean that for you and the unionist community i think this is an awful just put quite simply kicking the teeth yeah, you know, I think it is disappointing. I don't think it's been particularly well handled. I try to take a position now where I don't pass judgment on this because maybe Lee Hall, Martin, maybe Leo Bracker, or Eamon Ryan have a plan. Maybe they're working on something, maybe but, something. But, but Ian, with all due respect, and I appreciate you're nearly half defending them here, but like, surely they could have let you know this so-called plan, if they have one, uh, prior to, to you finding out on Twitter. And even if, for whatever reason, they, they, they overlooked that, a week has passed now and still no communication from them. Yeah, no, I think that they say a week's a long time in politics. It is. Just sort of a week's a very long <laughs> Indeed. T- tell me this, and, and this is just a hypothetical proposal here. If I was um, Michael Martin and I realised the error which I made by not selecting you again, do you believe, Ian, if I came back to you as the current Taoiseach now and said, apologise to you, number one, and said, we want to try and get you back involved, do you believe that would just possibly be seen now not alone for you, but the wider community as a token gesture, insincere? I think now, when we see what has happened last week, and let's be clear about one thing, a lot of people lost last week and lost positions. In fact, there's a lot of the the backroom staff that actually seek to be employed in Leinster House as of a a case of government. So I'm under no illusion that there are a lot of people that are in the green 
last week. However, that being said, I think this is slightly different in that this was about the optics and the perception of, of course it was. people to Dublin, Northern Unionism to Dublin. Yeah. I think that if, if the Taoiseach came back and said, look, we've made an error of judgment here, uh, what to do? I certainly would be open and receptive to doing something because I feel it's a travesty to have lost what we've gained in two years. And, and as much as some commentators this week have been critical that there's nothing been achieved, I find that those are the commentators who have never spoken to me in two years, have never been in Leinster House in two years, and actually have no substance to that, that conversation. So I think that, I would like to think that if, if there's a recognition and a realisation that this hasn't been particularly well handled, that they could see a way to, to work it again, try and undo or right this wrong, make mm-hmm. amends, and try and get this back on track, because it has been worthwhile it has been productive, and the interesting thing is the public reaction to it has been startling because people have just said this is a mistake. And I know that I listened to some of the journalists on RTE this week, and everyone has said this is an error, this is a mistake. They, you know, they need to make amends here. So let let let. Okay, right. Well, well, my scenario that I'm going to put to you is this. Um, under um, this new coalition government, um, if this uh, department named a shared Ireland does be erected, um, I think the next prudent step would be to ask you to run this department. First question, would that be something, if this position was offered to you, would you undertake it? I think that this is a key, it's a critical mechanism to open up the conversation and build good relationships north and south and unite So to answer your question, I, yes, I, I would think this is a mechanism that we could make successful and deliver tangible progress in building relationships and breaking down the barriers. Ian, if I, if I may, just speculating here, okay, you're now appointed head of the department called the Shared Island moving forward. What would be your, now I know you, you I apologize for firing this at you, uh, but off the top of your head, what would be the main um, objectives that you would initially want to do if you did run this department? I think now the main thing you look at here is about getting conversation and understanding. Mm-hmm. So at the minute you have too diametrically opposed position on the constitutional issue. But let's let's mark that. Yes. Let's look at all the things we have in common. And we also back to the the MP, the British MP uh, uh, Joe Cox, who was murdered. And yes. Cox said before death that we have more than united but divided. Yes. Let's consider all of those things. Let's look at business, industry, trade, investment, tourism, health, education, all of the things that can work together without any contention. Let's Push to the to, to, to further down that conversation, the constitution. But then let's have a conversation about that. Let's look at what what it would look like in a United Ireland. Let's look at what it would look like maintaining the status quo. Mm-hmm. Let's create a safe space and let's get everybody around the table because at the moment that's what we feel. Because people are nervous about getting around that table because what the message that was sent out. So to create a shared island, you know, a safe space 
to open up dialogue and build relationships and build that, that, that small island economy, to look at the non competitive stuff and to give, remember, to give Northern Unionism and, and everyone in Northern Ireland, whether Unionist, Nationalist or Republican, and equally everyone in the Republic, whether they're whatever party affiliation they have or whatever their politics, to give a safe space to open up a conversation, I think it could be hugely successful and it could achieve a lot because what I found is that when we get people around the table, the right people around the table, we could make a lot of progress. Absolutely, I echo everything that you're only have to say, and, and you're perfectly right, Ian. The constitutional question is only one aspect of this shared Ireland, shared island. Um, you know, I think I think for from my point of view, we have to realise here that that we have. We, we have got so much in common, regardless of, of what we think politically, like, you know, um, yeah. you know, looking after... We, we, we need to just get a mechanism or something where we can build those structures and build the bridges that would cultivate a mindset that enables everybody across the island to progress and for everybody to prosper. Yeah, but building confidence, I, I think, is a is a massive part of this moving forward, and showing genuine, you know, show, showing each other that we are genuine, and and trying to maybe even park aside our own natural bias that we that we probably all grew up with, maybe to some extent, and and you know realize that this is our home here, and you know even if it's not for us. For our future, for our children, our grandchildren moving forward, that we can create a safe space for them so that hopefully in 20, 30, 40 years time that they will not even be talking about a constitutional question because, you know, we will already have that sorted out for them or at least led a good solid platform for our future generations. Yeah, I agree. Ian, listen, I really appreciate your time today. Um and I, I suppose, I, I don't know how to end this properly, but I would appeal here directly to the new Taoiseach, um, Michael Martin, and uh, his, his coalition partners to, to realise that, that they have made a mistake here, an error. And speaking as a Northern Nationalist, I demand, and the Shared Ireland platform demands, that that northern unionism has a voice in any future um, Dublin administration, and I, I think it's genuinely one of the biggest insults that that I have heard about in a long time in Irish political life. Um, you know, Brexit was a big thing all over Europe, but um, you know, I am genuinely saddened about this recent um, episode in, in my country's politics. I, I genuinely am, Ian. And, and as one human to another, I think it was despicable the way that no one has, has even contacted you uh, prior to you learning of, of this and, and possibly even I'm, I'm more cross about the way that nobody has contacted you um, since it. Um, so, Ian, I only hope that we will be speaking again. Um, I know we will be, but in the capacity that you are involved in some shape or form. And I honestly think that this new department, Shared Island, will, will be the perfect mechanism for them to realise their mistake and to ratify it immediately. 
So Ian, on that note, I would like to offer you just, um, if you have any last words that you would like to maybe just um, put forward to our listeners. Yeah, well, what I would just like to say, Neil, is I have been blown away by the support. Um, And it it did make me nervous at the start to go up and engage. But actually, what I found was it was no threat to me, my identity, my culture, or anything by being involved in that conversation. It's important to those look. When you look at the programme for government and the reference this new unit, if they talk about you know underpinning a future, it's that all traditions are mutually respected. Yes. I think that's, that's a critically important thing here because the creation of a safe space where everyone can feel comfortable and safe and have mutual respect, irrespective of what the political persuasion is, is going to be critically important. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to you now. It's, it's, I also think you create a really interesting conversation on shared Ireland. Um, let, let's watch this space and see what happens in the next few days uh, to see just what, what political development happens. Hopefully, the powers that see fit to make amends here and get us back off that. Thank you very much for that, Ian. And just on a personal note, and, and I sincerely mean that, you are one of life's true gentlemen. And, and even on, on that aspect, I, I really appreciate you coming on to speak to us again. So, Ian, thank you very much. And hopefully, as I said, um, when we do speak again, it will be under better circumstances. And I would like to firmly believe that you will actually have a title attached to your name in our next conversation. Okay, thanks, um, Ian, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you did um, find this conversation interesting, um, please share it with your friends. Okay, everybody, speak soon. Bye bye.